Welcome back to another episode of the Grind Over Guilt podcast. I'm your host, Coach Vell, the voice of the recruiting process. Today, we got a special, special guest in the building. Um, we got a four-time starter, uh, D1 football, three-time all-swag uh, selection, two-time All-American, and the 2015 SWAT Defensive Player of the uh, Year. And then my favorite about him, man, is the um, Ryan Sazier's trainer. So we got Jerome Howard on the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How about you, Man, no problem. I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. It's an honor to have you on my show, my podcast, man, and just talk about your journey. Um, so I appreciate you, man. No problem. I'm, like I said, I'm just happy to be here. I love what the brand stands for. And anything yes, that's all about impacting the youth, allowing them to maximize their platform and leverage sports for whatever venture that they want to do in life, that's, that's what I'm all about. So I'm again, I'm happy to be here. Yes, sir. Me too. So, man, let's get right into it, man. Introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from. Tell us how you um, just introduce yourself. So my name is Jerome Howard. I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I've lived in a number of places <laughs> from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I went to Prairie View A&M University. As you mentioned, you mentioned some of my accolades earlier there, the four, you know, four-time starter, three-time all-conference, two-time all-American, swag defensive player of the year, current record holder for career tackles and career tackles for loss. Um, most importantly, I'm a author, founder of Dynamic Performance Development, mentor, sports sports performance coach, and a Nike regional trainer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's why I wanted you to introduce yourself because I missed a couple of those accolades. Of course, mm -hmm. I knew that already, but I just wanted you to line it out for him and lay it out for him because those are some uh, uh, incredible, incredible things that you're doing, man. Um, and, and you're one of my mentors. You know, we talked on the phone a couple of times um, and you gave me some powerful wisdom and some powerful words, man. So I appreciate it, um, man. So just get right into it, man. Talk about your childhood and growing up in Fort Lauderdale and, and playing football down there. Yeah, so growing up in Fort Lauderdale is very different, for lack of mm -hmm. words, because Fort Lauderdale is more of a flashier place. It's very, very flashy. You know, what it's more of what you see on reality TV. The cost of living is extremely high. Everybody wants to be somebody, wants to be something. So that that's almost like another distraction, another barrier for the youth, especially if you grew up similar to myself. And we're, you know, I won't necessarily say poor, but. Mm -hmm. Paycheck was late two or three days, something has to give, whether it be you guys going to stay with a loved one for a few days, whether it be the lights being off, whatever the case may be, like it's very mm -hmm. hard. You know, most of most people are in what I would like to call the rat race. You're just trying to, you're just waiting for a miracle, waiting for that big moment to kind of give you a, like, okay, cool, I got a little bit of breathing room. Because as I mentioned, the cost of living is so high, it's just really, it's almost hard to, you know, even the basic- To maintain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even maintaining this overstretched just because, mm. like in Texas, you can get a one bedroom uh, apartment out here, eight, nine hundred bucks. You know, not far from downtown. You can, but in Fort Lauderdale, you're looking at if you want a one bedroom near, you know, almost three blocks away from the hood, you're talking about twelve fifty for mm. a one bedroom apartment, which is probably give or take seven hundred and twenty, seven hundred and fifty square feet. Mm. So again, the cost of living is extremely high there. Um, and in my family, I was the first to graduate. So, you know, as you would imagine, a lot of times it's very, very hard, unless you're an entrepreneur, you know, the whole entrepreneur thing is more of a newer trend. So oftentimes, if you don't have a degree, or you don't have some sort of continuing or a further education, you know, it's very hard to find a job that may make ends meet, you know, outside of, you know, your normal retailing jobs or this, that, and that, you know, down there, if you're making 15 to 20 bucks an hour, it's celebrated a lot because it's just not the norm. Mm. 
Got you, got you, man. That's crazy. That's crazy because, I mean, I grew up, I wasn't, we weren't the richest, we weren't the poorest, but we, my parents, they they made sure we had everything. And, you know, I just like to always bring people from different stretches of life to, to you know, impact the kids and, and show them that you can make it from a, a hood or you can make it from a Fort Lauderdale or um, a Havity Grace, Maryland, you know? So I just wanted to talk about your childhood, man. And um, just tell us a little bit about your, your childhood playing football growing up in Fort Lauderdale. Did you play youth football? Did you um, play basketball? Any other sports? Talk to us about that a little bit. Absolutely. So I was introduced to football at the age of six. I played for a youth optimist club called uh, Lauderdale Lions. I played there all the way. So in, uh, I don't know if you guys have it there, but in like Texas and a lot of the other states, they have mm-hmm. middle school or what we would call junior high football. It's actually so, yeah, we didn't have high. that. We didn't have, we didn't that. have that. So for us, you play little league all the way up until you're ninth grade, and even even down there, you can you know depending on when your birthday was, you can actually play uh, little league. Your last year can be as a freshman in high school. That so was how it was in Maryland yeah, too. Yeah, very similar there, where you know you'll see the, the junior varsity guys at the school wearing their jerseys on game day. But you might have another buddy in your class who's playing. He might be the top kid in the Optimus Park, and he's wearing his jersey. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? but yeah, um, I, I grew up playing sports my entire life. Um, I love the discipline. I love the the attributes, the the principles, all the different things I learned from there because all those helped make me who I am today. Uh, fast forward to high school, I was a tri sport athlete playing football. I also did some wrestling. Also did okay. track. I was not very so the, the story came about, all these things were supplements or enhancers, for lack of better words, for football. Mm-hmm. I Me too. Call, yeah, so I was what we would call a head scratcher. And to give you a, a visual of that, imagine being at a camp and a kid, is, a kid is so bad that the coaches are having separate meetings about him. Like, hey, he's a good kid. They're scratching their head like, what position are we going to put him? <laughs> <laughs> he's, not he's, not, you know, he's not fast. He's not big. He's not strong. Mm-hmm. So usually it's there's a trade-off somewhere. You might say, wow, the kid is, and keep in mind, I was I'm six foot now, but in high school, there was times I was five, eight, five, nine, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like, okay, if a kid is six three, you're like, well, he's tall, we can work with that. Right. If is the kid is running, you know, he has a pretty good speed, you're like, we can find a place for him. If a kid is kind of big, you're like, you know what? We can find a place with that. But for me, it was like, you're not big, you're not strong, you're not fast, you're not tall. They're just scratching their head like, is this kid even worth the investment of our time? Like, we really want to. So, you know, just through uh, endless hours, um, tons of time just praying to God and just, you know, my one of my favorite quotes is, work as if, work as if it depends on you, pray as if it depends on God. That was kind of mm-hmm. like my mantra, my motto as, as far as like my approach there. As I mentioned, I... I was the first in my family to graduate from college. So I didn't mm-hmm. know about, you know, college wasn't an everyday discussion in my home. Mm-hmm. So I was more more or less playing sports for the fun and the competitive side and just because it was just almost routine at that point. And then obviously once you get to high school, it's all, you know, there's a little bit of status or popularity or as the young kids call it now, clout that's associated. Clout. Yeah, right. you know, there's some clout that's associated with being on a football team. So it was more or less those things. The scholarship stuff kind of came about a little bit later on. So back to your original question, um, because I was this head scratcher, you know, I would go to coaches and say, hey coach, how can I improve? Mm. And as I mentioned, coaches like, where do, which do you want to knock out first? And I'm like, okay, well, what can I control? 
I can't control my height. Cool. So we can scratch that one out. Can I, uh, okay, I'm not big. Cool. I can work on getting bigger. I'm not strong. I can work on getting stronger. You know, those two can kind of, you know, they have a pretty good relationship with one another. And I right, they go hand in hand. Yeah, they go hand in hand. So what I realized is this. So I originally was playing offensive guard my freshman year. Mm. I was just happy to be on the team. I didn't ask why I was jersey number 73. I did what the coaches told me to do, and I earned my keep. I ran into a good situation where we had a large linebacker class that was leaving. And uh, that spring, our uh, junior varsity and varsity practiced together. Mm-hmm. And that spring, once again, working my butt off. And what happened was uh, coach put me in a game at defensive tackle. And I remember being so mad because, you know, I just went from being a you know, really good Pop Warner kid to now the coach, you know, working my butt off all spring. And now the guy puts me in with two minutes left in the game. And I remember just walking up and down pacing, like I'm going to show him why he should have put me in earlier. I get in the game and have two forced fumbles. So now uh, coach gave us the week off and now it's time for, we're getting ready for summer workouts. So I come early one day, I say, hey coach, I'm sorry if I'm too early, but um, what time is the JV practice? I said, I know that I wasn't sure which time to come. And he says, JV, he said, you're not, he said, your junior varsity days are over with. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to be playing varsity now. And I was like, holy crap. And for us, mm-hmm. our varsity had a completely different, more upgraded locker room than our junior varsity. So some of my teammates got there was like, oh, man, 40 got it. What are you in varsity? What are you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where I just, a little bit of, you know, me making some good plays and some good timing where we had a large recruiting class of linebackers and we needed some people there. And the mm-hmm. coach was like, you know what? Even though I went from playing offensive guard, he said there was an opportunity there for a linebacker. So my sophomore year, there was some seniors there, but I learned none of them, worked my butt off, and uh, kind of went about it from there. Okay. So, so again, uh, not being very good. So that I'm trying to give everybody a good visual there. So all that happens. Yeah. So now, now you get to the point where it's like, okay. Now I say, coach, how can I get better now? Because again, I went from being the offensive lineman. Now, okay, now that I know I don't have to be 300 pounds. I could be a linebacker now. Now I say, help coach, how can I get better? He said, well, you do a good job at tackling once you get there, but you don't, you, you tackle people too high. He's like, you're mm. not strong. You're not big. So you have to get low as we all hear in sports all the time. The lowest man wins. So I said, well, what else can I do for that? Obviously at the time, the trainers and all this, that was a status symbol. That was almost as if, you know, when I was in high school, if, you, if somebody had a trainer, it was almost like the kid in your the kid at your school that had an Ashton Martin, like mm-hmm. Ashton Martin, he has a Rolex. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, it, now it's like if you now don't, it's normal. Like, yeah, if you don't have a trainer now, it's like, what are you doing? You're not getting better, and right? It's exactly. Like a, it's the norm now, but at mm-hmm. that time, you didn't have the trainer, especially in Fort Lauderdale, as I mentioned earlier, the cost of living is extremely high, where people can almost barely afford the necessities, let alone the luxury items. The luxury items, right? So I, all that to say this, you know, I obviously. A trainer wasn't an option, so I said, Coach, what can I do? And I got creative one day, and I said, you know what? I'm going to wrestle. Because in wrestling, if you don't get low enough, you get pinned. And I knew that I needed to improve my hip strength the whole nine. Cool, so I went and wrestled. Now, I had this next spring came around. I had a great spring. Coach said, man, you, you improved phenomenal with your wrestling. You actually tackle people. You drive your feet now. You do all those great things. But now the only issue is you can never get to the guy <laughs> so you're not fast enough to ever get there unless he runs right at you. And obviously, yeah. the, the, you know, that's the nature of the offense is to not, it's to avoid you. So I said, okay, 
what else can I do now that I feel confident in tackling? I know what's going to happen when I get there. Now it's just me getting there. So that's when the track came about. Mm. Through that strategic process, I found myself earning six collegiate scholarships, uh, <clears throat> Alabama A&M, Western Kentucky, Bowling Green, Central Michigan, and Marshall. I originally was committed to Western Kentucky my entire, my entire senior season. I think I committed mm-hmm. to them like after week one, I was just over the recruiting process and wanting to just focus on my mm-hmm. senior season. And I decommitted uh, a day or two before signing day, mm. ended up going to Prairie View A&M University. Okay, okay. And, and that's a great story, man. I appreciate telling that story um, because it, it literally goes hand in hand with what the podcast is about, literally. So it goes hand in hand with grind over guilt because you feel me, you could, you had all the reason to, to feel guilty about, you know, feel guilty about your height, feel guilty about your, your speed or your strength, but you chose to grind. You chose to ask coaches what you could do to get better and actually put that, that, um, that advice into work and to make it work. So yes, your story is all about grind over guilt, man. And that's why I wanted to have you on here to tell that. Um, so you went from being like five, eight, five, nine, probably how 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 uh how much you weighed oh man okay so i got put it like this i got to prairie view this is me forcing myself to eat the whole nine mm-hmm. i got to prairie view at 202 that's a lot okay so so put things in essence i was probably five eight five nine 180 pounds Maybe so you eight. went from being <laughs> so you went from being five eight five nine 180 pounds and you earned six scholarship offers from being on the offensive line your freshman year yeah. to your senior year earning full scholarship offers and and I, I get it I just want to keep reiterating that because I get a lot of athletes who who hit me up I get dms and you know messages and hey coach I'm this height I'm, I'm so small I don't have enough talent what should I do what should I how should I go about it how do I get bigger faster stronger and this is literally the definition of it man ask your coaches that's what I always tell them ask your coaches what you can do to get better what should you work on you feel me don't feel guilty about the things you can't control because they're out of your control focus on the things you can get better at and control. So, man, I appreciate that story. So you ended up earning, yeah, go ahead. Because obviously I'm a trainer, I'm in that world. So Mm -hmm. before we leave from there, I think kids have to realize this too. There's no kid in high school right now that can play on a professional level. Not in football. In basketball, you know, the Zion Williams, all those guys, that's a whole nother story. But I say all that to say this, prioritize development. Prioritize the long game, the longevity. A lot of these kids are freaking out. It's almost like my book, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're reading the first two pages, and this is what the, the, the rest of their career looks like, but they're freaking out about the introduction. And you're like, mm-hmm. dude, this is the process. This is where all the magic happens, but you're so focused on getting here, the end, that you're forgetting that you're only on page two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like focus on development, focus on that long-term play, and just realize that, dude, you're still a teenager. Like, Things can change, even at the professional level. You know, I've worked with a number of professional athletes. I've seen professional athletes gain 20, 25 pounds from being NFL rookies to their third and fourth year in the NFL. So it just, t- things take time. And here's the thing they have to mm-hmm. realize. A, a common mistake I see for these athletes is this. Don't pigeonhole yourself into one position or, you know, I think like, for example, if you're a run, let's just say you're a running back in high school, you can easily go to college and be a safety. You can easily go and be a fullback. You might be a running back on your team. You're 230, but you may go to Georgia Tech and be the uh, uh, fullback. The fullback, facts. Go to Navy and be the fullback. Or you may go to Jackson State with Deion Sanders, and now you're an outside linebacker. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like my thing is focus on development, focus on your overall skill set, and the school, the program, all the different things that you go to allow that to to shape the final process, right? Because even then, like I'll get a, a great guy that comes to mind is a younger guy went to Plantation High School, which is my alma mater, got a kid named Chris Lamonts. Chris originally was a uh, wide receiver his sophomore year. He would then go on to be a quarterback. He would then go on to be a safety and quarterback, you know, a two-way player his senior year. Then he went on to South Carolina, University of South Carolina, became, he played some safety there. Then they moved him to cornerback. I believe he played a little bit of uh, nickel on third down in some of his earlier years. Mm-hmm. Now the kid just won his second Super Bowl. With the, no, he actually, they didn't win, but he, he's won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. That's seems guy. So once again, Chris went from, he didn't worry about, being the best quarterback he can be or, or forcing himself into that pigeonhole for lack of better words, trying to force the quarterback issue. He said, Hey, I'm going to focus on being a great athlete. Chris also ran track. Chris, you know, he did all the right, right things. So what, whenever a school or program needed him, he was skilled and he can bring all these various things to the table, whether it be special teams, whether it be, you know, kickoff punt return, whatever the case may be now, like right now he doesn't play a lot of games defensively, but he's made some big time plays for the chiefs, which helped land them in the Super Bowl. He made a huge block on the uh, punt return, which was uh, which in which Hardeman scored for a touchdown in one of their big playoff games. Mm. So again, that's I, that's crazy. These athletes understand, like, just work, focus on being the best athlete that you can be, mm-hmm. because once you get to college, a lot of things are going to change. These coaches, they're looking for potential. They can make you what they need you to be later on, and not to mention, you may get to a school as a freshman, and you may face a. a, a a staff change, a leadership change in which you might have a different head coach. So you can go, you can easily go and be a, for this head coach in this current scheme in which he likes, you may be, uh, let's just say, I'll, I'll use myself for Listen, example. Listen, I'll, I'll use, I'll use an example. Yeah. Hugh Bell. Look at Hugh Bell. Bell. We, he went to PV with us. He came in literally as a freshman, sophomore, junior. He played receiver, barely played didn't get no clock. He was one of the best athletes on the team, but you know, he just had some issues with him. His senior year, we got a new coaching staff. Coach Dooley and him came in and he literally switched from receiver to defensive end. This man had a crazy season and got and got drafted. Or did he go undrafted? But either way, regardless, either way, he got to the league and he won for one year and won a, and he just won the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So exactly. So that's why I want the athlete to understand is that you don't have to have it all figured out as a 17 year old in high school, be the best that you can be, keep your body healthy. You know, your, your best ability. I know everybody wants to get bigger, stronger, faster, but keep in mind that your best ability is availability. If you're the the fastest kid, but you're on the bench, it won't matter. If you're the, you know, if you're the strongest kid on the team, but nobody else outside of your teammates know it, then it it won't matter. So do your best to stay healthy. You know, there's no red shirt in high school. You see what I mean? Right. <laughs> Take care of your body, stay healthy, and just be open to change. Stay open-minded. Because even with me, right, I went through three different defensive coordinators. So that's the part that people aren't realizing is I was a four-year starter with I, every year. Three I had different coaching staff. Right. Mm. And I went from, I went to Sam linebacker one year, middle linebacker one year, Weak side linebacker another year. Mm. And, and then we went from a 4-2-5 to a 4-3 to a 3-4. But the difference is I always worked on my – I always took pride in uh, my craft. And I mm-hmm. understood 
value from a young age. So I understood that no matter what scheme the coach or defensive coordinator brought in, I always made sure I was multifaceted where I would always, he can always put me somewhere. So even mm-hmm. if we run a three, four, I mean, I'm sorry, we ran a four, three and, and I was undersized for a middle linebacker, 